This is Stacy Eldridge. Welcome to Captivated. This world vies for our attention in a thousand different ways. But the most important thing, the preeminent thing, the essential thing is to give our attention to Jesus. Hi, everybody, and welcome. It's September 22nd already. I don't know how that happens. But here in Colorado Springs, we're having a glorious September that is clinging to the beauty of summertime. But the whiff of change is on the wind. The aspens high up in the mountains have begun their shift to golden flames in the light, and that is beautiful too. I'm so happy today to have with me in the studio a woman who is a lifelong student of the heart of God and a teacher of the Bible. She's been doing that for more than 20 years, 20-ish years. She's an international intercessor and has been inviting others into a deeper intimacy with Christ for decades, both through the Bible study she has written and led and through her life. She is a profound lover of Jesus, an author, and happily I get to call her my friend, Cheryl Wright. Gals, and any men listening in, and you are most welcome, you are all in for a treat. Cheryl, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today. <laughs> it's wonderful to be here. Thank I am you. so glad you're here. And there is so much that we could talk about together. There is. Oh my goodness. That's very true. But where <laughs> I would like to begin mm -hmm. is to ask you if you could answer just uh -huh. when and how did you fall in love with Jesus? Wow, that is such a great thing to ask. I think that that could probably tell a lot about a person. Yeah, it does. And about the Lord, too. Mm -hmm. So I would say I, I never had that Damascus Road experience that was like a radical conversion. I grew up in a family that knew and loved the Lord. Mm. And so I would say my falling in love with Him is like the slow percolation. And um, I remember, uh, I remember him as a little girl. Um, I remember him throughout my, my life, but you know, it wasn't really until I was in my early twenties and I was in my career. I was a high school teacher and I got really sick. I um I was doing all the bands and choirs. I was mm -hmm. the only music director. I had, you know, uh, rehearsals before and after school, and the kids were in my my classroom all the time. And I just burnt out. Mm. And I remember telling the kids, "I'll be back in two weeks." And I was back a year later. Wow. And um, it was an autoimmune chronic fatigue with a whole okay. bunch of other things. So it's kind of like having the flu for an entire year. No. And um, at the beginning of that, I was told you'd probably never have kids. You would always have have this. And it would, um, it would be a while before you kind of walked out of this. And um, I, would, I would get up in the morning. And I would pull on my yoga pants and put on lipstick. That was like the one thing <laughs> that made me feel real. And I'd go downstairs. I'd lay on the couch for the whole day. And then um, if I was just so tired, I wanted to go back to uh, bed. I'd 
crawl up the stairs. Oh I just goodness. had no energy. And I'd even wait in the middle of the stairs to catch my breath before mm. I, I got, got up there. And so I couldn't read anything. Like I'd forget the sentence that I read be, before, so I couldn't read books. This was before Netflix, so that was not an option. And so I lay in bed or on the couch and talked to the Lord. And I think that was when he really became a friend. Oh. And I got to listen to the cadence of his voice and um, just feel his nearness and his presence. Mm. And, and so I'd, I'd say that was just a really special time of falling more in love with him. And we lived in Canada and then we moved here. And um, I was really involved in our church and I taught Bible studies and I love to teach about uh, intimacy with the Lord and just how to get to know him better. Um, and then I think it was really about five years ago that I just started to have that dissatisfaction. Like, is this all there is? You know, I do not like, is this all there is to this whole God thing? And at that time I was a, and I still am actually a, pro, a professional interset asser that, you know, that's a whole other story anyway. <laughs> um, but prayers were being answered and some weren't and you go to church and sometimes you'd really feel his presence and other times you wouldn't. And I just thought, there has just got to be more. And I remember sitting um, in the, the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, mm -hmm. and Misty uh, Edwards was singing, There must be more oh, than this. Oh, breath of God, come breathe on me. And I just felt my heart just re resonate with that and just thinking, I want more. And then the Lord just brought me on this journey of more where he would leave little breadcrumbs along the way. And I would, I would pick those up and, and just dive into a deeper relationship with him. Oh, that is so good. That is so good <laughs> and so enticing. Okay, I have a question for you going back yeah. to when you're a year on the couch with yeah. your lipstick on. Mm -hmm. Did you ever have times when you were mad at God about it? Yeah, and that's a very good point to bring up. I was actually having to think about that. Um, absolutely. Mm. You know, you go through the whole gamut of things. Why me? Yes. This is all my fault. What did I do? It's not my fault. This is not fair. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that kind of fist shake aching at the Lord. And, and really all that would do would twist me into um, feeling even more tired and more sick because my thoughts were not on him. They were on feeling sorry for myself mm -hmm. or feeling depressed. Or um, I really found that concentrating on him and talking to him, just like you and I are talking yes. now, is what was more real than anything else. So now, not to say that I still didn't have that, because I did. Of and, course. And... um. I just found that 
that the answers that he would tell me to the questions that I had made my soul be at peace and at rest because I thought, you know what? I can get through this. All will be well. I'm just nodding and I have, I wish you could see my face. I'm just, (laughs) oh, yes, God, yes. Cheryl, last year you published your first book. It's called His Warrior Princess, A Girlfriend's Guide to Being Lit from Within. And I was honored to endorse it. So Thank I want you. I wanted to read what that. I wrote. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> I wrote, reading his warrior princess is like sitting down with a wise and loving guide who leads you into the deeper things of Jesus, both practical and revelatory. Cheryl extends her hand to take you on a journey of discovery into the destiny that was established for you before you took your first breath. If your heart's cry is for more of God, then read this book. Cheryl, obviously, I love your book and I recommend it highly. There's so much goodness to be digested in it. But today, after answering that question so wonderfully, thank you for that. What I would like to talk with you about is intimacy with Christ. Mm. And for those of you that are uncomfortable with that word, I just want to say what I mean by that is a close proximity, a nearness, actually union with Christ. It's the oneness that Jesus prayed that we would have in John 17. It's a deep knowing, not like you know facts, like Not like you know the ocean is so many miles deep and wide or the chemical makeup of it, but that you know personally because you've been in it. You know what the ocean tastes like. You know that the waves push and pull you around. You know what it feels like to dive under the waves and feel the sand under your toes. It's an experiential knowing rather than merely an intellectual one. So, Cheryl. How important do you think intimacy with Jesus is? Okay, so I love that you asked that. Um, to me, it is vital. Mm-hmm. And, and why I say that is, you know, you can know a friend. You can have, you know, we all have face, Facebook friends. Right. We've all followed folks on Instagram. But do you really know them? Like if you actually saw them in a room, would you cross the room to say, oh, you um, said yes to my friend request a year ago and this is who I am. And I just felt that's how I knew God. Like Mm -hmm. I knew about him Mm -hmm. and I had heard other folks talk about him my entire life, but I did not have that relationship where we had shared memories together Uh, that I could joke with him and say, do you remember that time? And I had read this book. It was by Joy Daw Austin. And she, she said in it, I don't want to get to heaven and go, oh, that's what you look like. (laughs) I want to go get there and go, oh, there you are. Mm. And I thought, you know what? That is what I want. That really spurred me on to go, I want to know every crevice of his face. I want to know what the sound of his voice is like. I want to have a body of shared experiences Mm -hmm. with him that when I see him face to face, 
it will be amazing. And, and so, um, that is so important to me to really know him. And, you know, I know life and trauma can make us want to hold, uh, others at arm's length because we feel that they're not safe. Mm -hmm. And that can be very real. You could have experienced something like that in your life. But I felt like I wanted to unclench. I wanted to uncross my hands. I wanted to stop putting my arms out to him and say, even though I'm scared, I'm going to let you step closer and I'm going to step closer to meet you because I knew that there was something more that the God of the universe who flung the stars in space, that he wanted to know me Mm -hmm. in a way that at the time I wasn't willing. And I thought, you know what? If he wants to choose me like that, I choose him. Beautiful. And making that choice, has that played an impact on your life? How has that affected you? Yeah. So I, you know, I, I've heard Mike Bickle from the International House of Prayer say, you can have as much of God as you want. Mm. And you know, there's, there's various times in my life that I've been very self-sufficient and I honestly hadn't wanted him that much. Things were going well and, and I didn't need him, but I, I feel like I got to the point where that hunger for more grew. And so I, I just wanted the more, and I wanted to step into what the more is. And, you know, we numb ourselves with so many things mm-hmm. and with the whole social media, with shopping, with it could be with having a wine, oh, what, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to be numb to what he wants to say to me. And I don't want to be numb to feeling his presence in my life. And so I think it's a choice that we have to make, that we're willing to step into it. You know, I always heard that I, intimacy was into me see. Yes, uh-huh. and, and that's hard. It's like having to, you know, go to the beach in your bathing suit and go, <laughs> yeah. okay, everyone, what do you think? <laughs> um, but, you know, he is so incredible and I am so thankful that I chose to step into that place of intimacy with him. Now, I bet that, um, like you mentioned, and then like, I know that yearning for more, the people listening, the men and women tuning in right now, they know that as well, that longing for more. Can you talk a little bit, like specific steps? I'm getting... I'm understanding the yes, the right. choice, the, the surrender, the opening up, the unclenched fist saying, I want to know you, God, and I want to let go of all my um, prescribed notions of who you are. I really want to know you intimately in reality, and I want to allow you to know me, to have that communion with him. But are there things that we can do to facilitate that? 
to kind of um, usher that along. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a really good point because, you know, we can talk about it and we can sing it and all of that. But until we actually put those practical steps in our lives, it's just a desire. Yes. And so, um, you know, I think if you want to get to know someone better, you spend time with them, right? Yeah. You hang out with them. You mm-hmm. go for coffee with them. You get to know their likes and their their dis dislikes, and um, and that is the first step: is saying yes to him. And the way that we do that, the way that we spend time with him, is through prayer. Mm. And uh, that's talking to him. We all know about that. But I, you know, I think that we have been so stymied in what to say. It's like, okay, I'm going to have 30 minutes and I'm going to spend it with the Lord. And we get into wherever we're, uh, that space that we have and we go, um, I can talk for a couple of minutes and then I have no idea what else I'm going to do. So I struggled with this for years until um, I kind of made my quiet time such an important priority. And when I say quiet time, I just mean the time that I spend with the Lord. And now we are all created. We like we don't look alike. We don't like the same thing. So our quiet time is not going to be the very same at all. But um, what I found really helped was initially I would write it in my in my calendar. Yes, yeah, you'd, yeah, you'd have <laughs> yeah, to mark it I'd off. Yeah, I'd do a certain time of day. And if that didn't work, I wouldn't beat myself up. I'd just reschedule for uh-huh. the next day or lay, later on in the day. And, um, and then after I had done that consistently, I found that I was getting really excited that, okay, it's almost one o'clock. I get on time <laughs> with them or it's only, it's, you know, five o'clock. Um, I never was a really an early morning person. So that didn't Thank ever you. Uh, work for me <laughs> spending, you know, from five o'clock on with him. Um, but, and then I found that I needed to have a certain place where I always met. Mm-hmm. If I just kind of would do it in one spot, one time, another spot, another time, I, I just found that that wasn't consistent enough. So I actually picked this chair in my, in my home and I called it my, my prayer chair and my family all knows about it. Like I get really antsy if somebody sits in my (laughs) prayer chair, I'm like, no, no, that's where I spend time with Jesus. So you can't be sitting there. But, um, I would, I would go there at the same time each day or, you know, uh, just a consistent, um, uh, time and place. And then I found when I first started to spend time with him, I was, I, w- I was, I had no idea what to say. I didn't know what to pray. And so I, I found this, um, this way of, of doing it. It was actually, uh, Eki Tira Bassi. She used to have this, it was called a prayer partner notebook. And it started with a word, worship. And so I would actually write out worship songs that mm. I really liked, that I just really connected with. And then I would just look at those words and I'm like, yes, I totally could have said that on my own. Not really. Oh, that's but, so good. And then I would read over it and just worship the Lord. Or I would put on some worship music and just kind of get into the um, the flow with that. And then the next part was uh, ad, uh, admit. 
So I would kind of ask the Lord, what is blocking me from having to fully accept you? Or is there anything that I need to ask forgiveness for? And, you know, honestly, I wouldn't write a lot of that down, mm-hmm. partly because I thought, what if somebody finds this one, one day? Journals can be dangerous. Yeah. And, and I thought, okay, well, the Lord doesn't keep the record of wrong, so I'm good. I'll just speak to him about that now. But it was just really good for me to yeah. go through it. Um, and then I would go on to um, my re- requests, all those things that I was having to contend for or ask for him. Um, and then my favorite part, which is being able to listen, yes. I would just get quiet and I would just say, Lord, what do you want to say to me today? Mm. And sometimes I wouldn't hear anything, mm-hmm. but other days I would just write a page just, it, you know, of all that he was uh, saying. And then I would read the word and I would just write some of my observations on that. But I found having to split it up like, like that, uh-huh. all of a sudden 20 minutes was filled and 30 minutes was filled mm. and an hour was wow was filled and for me um that really helped now i don't do with that because i've just gotten into such a um a connection with the lord that you know we do something different each day but i found that that really helped accelerate my quiet time with with him oh, that's really good so to recap, making a priority, setting apart a specific time, even writing it in your calendar. Right. But under grace, being absolutely being, yeah, kind Much when it grace. doesn't work. Much yeah. grace. Setting apart, creating a, a space for that. Mm-hmm. For some people, um, I know some people it's actually in their bathroom. They have to just yes. close the door because that's the only place mm-hmm. of privacy. Yes. And for a while, that was totally me. And my kids' little hands would go under the door and wiggle their fingers. And I'm like, mommy has a date with Jesus. <laughs> yes. right out. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and then, yeah, asking him for what the flow is going to be. Mm-hmm. I know that for me, it, it generally begins with worship, mm-hmm. fixing my gaze, just for the help to fix on the truth. But it includes those things as well, worship and prayer and listening and just sinking into his presence. Mm-hmm. And I remember as a new believer and for many, many years to have a 15 minute quiet time was a really big victory. Right. Like there's no um, awards for how long you get. Mm-hmm. There's seasons of our life when it's three minutes. When right. Exactly. Grabbing a devotional on the passenger seat of your car as you're mm-hmm. doing carpool or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But it is a beautiful thing in different stages of life and seasons as our relationship with him deepens. The yeah. time also goes quicker. Yes. Yeah. Very true. So there is endlessly more that we could talk about <laughs> there really about diving into Jesus. And then in these days that we're living in, we need to more than ever. Mm-hmm. So true. So true. I, I sometimes think that it's like we're standing in a river against the current mm-hmm. and just standing there mm-hmm. takes strength where well, the current is rising. Yeah. So we need Jesus more and more. We need the supernatural resources of heaven and to encounter his love mm-hmm. more deeply. So you lead encounters with Jesus and I'd actually love for you to lead one for us now. Um, friends, we encounter Jesus in our imagination, Cheryl, what you call the theater of our minds. Right. 
and we sanctify our imaginations. We clean them with the blood of Jesus. It means mm. we bring our imaginations under the authority of Christ, and then we settle into the spirit of Jesus who indwells us. So friends, I'm going to ask Cheryl to do that for us, with us. And so if you're driving or out and about, just press pause and wait to do this to when you're not. And, and if you're able to just get to a quiet place where you won't be interrupted, that would be really good. Put your phone on airplane mode and um, together, let's just settle in for a minute and see what Jesus would have for each one of us personally. Thanks, Stacy. Well, I just want you to know that you have permission to encounter him. Psalm 25, 14 says there's a private place reserved for the lovers of God where they sit near him and receive the revelation secrets of his promises. And wow, I want that. Mm -hmm. I want to sit near him. I want to have him speak uh, strength and courage into my spirit. I want to hear what he has to say about my day-to-day -day mm. things, those things that um, I might be have a little bit of anxiety about, the things that I'm not sure. And, and by coming into this space where we invite him in um, is such a beautiful thing. And, and I, I always thought too, well, do I, am I allowed to do this? I love that the Lord says to us in Revelation 3.20, and it's a, it's a verse that I've heard my whole life, but the Lord brought me back to it and said, this is for you. This is permission to be able to step into this sacred place with me. And it says, behold, I'm standing at the door knocking. If your heart is open to hear my voice and you open the door within, I will come in to you and feast with you and you will feast with me. And I always thought that that was for folks that didn't know the right, Lord. Right. But I love that when we read it with fresh eyes, yeah, we can it's written see to that Christians. it's for yeah. us. Yeah. So um, the Lord just brought me to that door of first love. And I thought, well, what is that? And he said, just think of the most beautiful door you can imagine. And so for some, it might be a door you've seen on your, your travels. For others, it might be your own front door to your home. That's like a safe place. So I just want you, by faith, to lift your, your eyes and, and just look and see that door in front of you. And there is a handle on our side. And by faith, we reach out and we grab that handle and we open the door. And there he is on the other side. Oh, Jesus, we sense your presence. Maybe we can see a little bit of your feet. Maybe we just Feel your love wrap around us like a warm blanket out of the dryer. And we just receive your peace right now. And we are in this quiet place where our 
full attention is on you. And we feel your love and your presence. We feel your acceptance. We just let all the insecurity go. We just release all the the bags we might have carried in here, all the anxieties, all the worries. We are standing in your presence. And we receive what you want to say to us. And so, Jesus, we ask you, what, what would you like to say to us in this moment of time? And then we get quiet and we listen. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you speak to us continuously. You tell us that your sheep hear your voice. There's no conditions on that. There's no, we only hear your voice when we've been really good or when we've really concentrated on you. No, you are speaking to us and we want to quiet ourselves and come into this place where we can listen. And so we open ourselves to you, Lord, and we say, teach us to love you well. We want to invite you into every place in our lives that maybe we've held back from. It's been a closed door and we have said we don't want you in here yet. We want to, we want to step into that place where we are, we are ready and we, we want more. We want the more. And so we say yes and amen to everything that you have for us. Yes and amen to that deeper divine encounters. Yes and amen to everything that you dreamed about for us. We say yes. Wow. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you. I realize that for some of you, that was wonderful. And for some, it may be something you'd like to experience more of, and you can. There is more. But there are a few of you that it may feel like just one more thing you have to do. Friends, mercy to us all. J.I. Packer in Knowing God said, What matters supremely, therefore, is not in the last analysis the fact that I know God, but the larger fact which underlies it, the fact that he knows me. I am graven on the palms of his hands. I am never out of his mind. I want to remind you that you are known. You are held. You are pursued. You are wanted, and you belong to Jesus. Isaiah 44, 5, a favorite verse of mine says, this one will say, I am the Lord's, and that one will call on the name of Jacob, and another will write on his hands, belonging to the Lord. Intimacy with God, it cultivates our deep union with him. It's the union that Jesus prayed that we would have with him. 
Remember John 17, 22, 23, he said, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them. He's talking to his father, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. We want intimacy with God. It burns in our heart this desire because it is an echo of his desire for us. We're reflecting back what he wants. Union with God, it's essential belonging. It's the soul coming home. We give ourselves to intimacy with Jesus every day so that we might receive the connection and the belonging and the nourishment and the love and everything else that's good that we need. Cheryl, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. If people want to get your book, and they should, where would they find it? Uh, You can just look it up on Amazon. Okay, good. Okay, so we'll put that information, the full title, in the notes of this podcast that you can find on the wildatheart.org webpage. Thank you for joining me today, all of you, and especially you, Cheryl. It's been a joy. Friends, may you have a truly blessed next two weeks until we get together again, which I'm already looking forward to. So bye for now. And remember... The king is captivated by you.